0: Are you ready to attract investors for your Opportunity Zone deals? On today's episode, you will learn how to form an Opportunity Zone fund and raise capital for your OZ deals. Legal structuring, compiling a pitch book, and crafting the perfect pitch email. Next on the Opportunity Zones podcast. If you're listening to this podcast, there's a good chance that you or someone you know has an Opportunity Zone deal, but how do you set up the Qualified Opportunity Fund for the deal, and then how do you take the fund to market and begin raising capital from investors? I recently hosted a live webinar that tackles these very topics. What follows today is a condensed version of the audio portion of that webinar, which includes the presentations by Ashley Tyson, my partner at Pros and Jeffrey McGannis, co-founder of Crowdcreate, as well as a selection of the Q&A portion of the webinar. For the complete version of the webinar in video format, head on over to ozproscom slash webinar. You'll also be able to download the slide decks as well. And now here it is, the audio recording of the OZ Pros webinar recorded on April 29, 2020. Enjoy. Welcome to everybody who's joining this webinar today. This is a webinar that we are putting on in conjunction with CrowdCreate. I'm Jimmy Atkinson from OZPros, and uh, my co-presenter here today will be Ashley Tyson, and then we'll bring on Jeffrey McGannis from CrowdCreate to uh, share a lot of interesting strategies with all you folks out there today on how to start an Opportunity Zone fund for your deal and raise capital, find investors for that deal. And we have a lot of people on the call today. We, had several hundred people register from 45 states all across the country. And I think we've even got a couple of uh, people outside of the United States. I know we've got a couple of people joining us today from Puerto Rico as well. So really excited uh, with the numbers that we have in the room today and really excited to get going. New to the group today is Jeffrey McGannis. He's a individual out of uh, Southern California, co-founder of CrowdCreate. His firm has helped raise over $130 million for more than 80 different projects over the last few years. So really excited to get his thoughts on finding investors and helping to market your deals. Our agenda today, and this is gonna be for the first half of the call primarily, will feature Ashley and he's gonna walk you through the uh, legal ramifications of structuring your Opportunity Zone deals. Uh, And first of all, you should know that many of you do already know this, but for those who may be new to the game, Every Opportunity Zone deal needs a fund. All of the equity needs to flow, not straight to the deal, but through what is referred to as a Qualified Opportunity Fund. It's the the fundraising wrapper that has to go around the fund in order to qualify for the tax benefits. So we'll be talking a little bit about that and how to structure it and why it's important to choose the right structuring. Uh, We'll go through an overview of the Opportunity Zones benefit, basically just Opportunity Zones 101 those uh, who may be newer to the program for a lot of you this will be review so we'll try to keep it brief but mainly we'll we're also going to emphasize why it's crucial that you educate your investors about the opportunity zone deal in your pitch book and on all your other marketing material Uh, we'll go through a general fund and qualified opportunity zone business structure uh documentation to start a qof and qozb what's required how do we actually turn the thing on and then toward the end of ashley's of the presentation he'll speak a little bit about capital raising and securities laws requirements and then we'll turn it over to Jeff who will uh, speak in more detail about actually how to go about setting up your website and doing uh, investor outreach and raising capital so Ashley take it away and I'll, I'll keep going on the slides here for you
1: all right, so thanks Jimmy. Uh, thanks everybody for attending today. Uh, very excited to, to actually have the ability to be able to get this program out to as many people as possible. That's part of our commitment to sophisticated simplification. As part of and what Jimmy said, when you are out raising money, you are dealing basically with your investor's crock brain, right? And they are looking for ways to shut it down and to say no to the deal. And so part of your strategy needs to be, okay, how can, I, uh, how can I eliminate those objections and how can I get them as comfortable with this deal as possible? And that's difficult to do with a normal deal, but opportunity zones lay in this added extra layer of complexity to it that most people's brains just kind of shut off. And I think that that's been one of the phenomenon that have happened as a result of the PR is that People are like, ah, opportunity zones, you know, everybody's talking about them, but nobody's doing them. And, you know, that kind of a dodge. And so one of the goals that we're trying to accomplish within this is to give you some uh, ammunition so that you kind of have a base conversation with people and very easily explain to them where are the qualified opportunity zones, what they are, and what the benefits are. And that is is definitely gonna be something that you need to do in your pitch materials that you're sending out to your investors. So where are they? They're all across the United States and in the territories. What are they? They're 8,700 census tracts that were designated by the governors, up to 25% of their low income census tracts, which were designated to receive money and uh, provide a tax incentive to the investors uh, for investing into that area. And so, as you can see from this map, right, there's little dots and then there's bigger splotches as you kind of head out into the west, into more of the rural areas. And the reason for that is that it's based on a census track. A census track is a certain amount of people. And obviously, in an urban area, that's going to be a lot more dense than it is in a rural area. So, in rural areas, you're going to have maybe even sometimes entire counties that are all opportunity zone. That's certainly the case in Hyde County out in eastern North Carolina. Next slide, Jimmy. All right, so what is an opportunity zone, right? And this deck, this slide that we have right here is what we put into a lot of our pitch decks. And so whether you put in this one or whether you put in something similar to it, you're gonna want something that communicates what it is and the basics of it and be able to talk about that, right? So I kind of gave you the highlight, what is an opportunity zone? What is an opportunity fund? Well, part of the Tax Cut and Jobs Act was that you have to make an investment through a qualified opportunity fund, which then becomes the chassis for how you do your opportunity zone deal. And an opportunity fund can either be a partnership or a corporation that's specifically organized for investing into opportunity zone deals. And it can be an existing entity. It's a little bit trickier with an existing entity, but. Effectively, what it just needs to have is it needs to have bylaws or governing documents that say that that's what it's going to do. What type of investments can be made? This is important as well, is that it's got to be equity, right? So you have to have equity that's coming into uh, your, your deal. Uh, you can have debt that sides along with it, right? That comes along um, beside your equity, but ultimately it's got to be equity into a QOF and ultimately an Opportunity Zone business. Once again, it has to be a trader business. It can't be a passive investment. And so that'll be one of the things that you gotta buy away from too. Triple net leases, not so much inside of an opportunity zone deal. You wanna make sure that you are actually conducting a trader business inside of your QOZB, QOF combination. Next slide, Jimmy. All right, the three benefits, and everybody should be able to spit these out off the top of their head. The first is a temporary deferral. So if you roll your money within 180 days, Uh, of the gain or 180 days of the uh, tax filing deadline for a partnership or an S corporation, you get to defer those gains until December 31st of 2026. So effectively that means that you get an interest-free loan from the government to make an investment into an Opportunity Zone deal that doesn't come to to be paid back until April of 2027. So that's that's perhaps one of the, the bigger uh things that people aren't concentrating on is the time value of money of playing with the government's cash. The second benefit is that if you get your money in before December 31st of 2021, you get a step up in basis of 10%. So effectively what that means is that on your original investment, you're going to get a 10% tax reduction when you go to pay the taxes in 2027. It's also going to give you a 10% step up in basis in your new qualified opportunity fund Because you start with a zero basis, because they're holding your basis out at your original investment. The third and the most important, right? So, the big, effectively the brain of this Mickey Mouse is your permanent exclusion. So, after a 10 year hold at the QOF level, you get to get a step up in basis to fair market value on all of the assets held by the QOF. And as I was talking to Jimmy, uh, you know, as we were kind of bantering back and forth before this thing got started, is that that is really significant because effectively what it allows you to do is to be able to sell anything after a 10 year hold and get that tax benefit. So, this is really important for uh, getting your QOF set up, going ahead and getting it aged right now. And then it also plays into a strategy about how you want to time your QOF and time the strategy of your investments going into uh, your QOF. So, uh, Jimmy, next slide. All right, so this is something, and whether you've used a slide like this or your own slide or whatever, you at least need to be able to talk about this, right? So, on a million dollar investment, and so this investment is assuming that you had a million dollar capital gains. Let's say you bought Amazon for a dollar and it's now worth a million and one and you sold it on May 1st, uh, 2020. You set up your QOF on May 2nd and you get your money into that right? You're going to be able to invest a million dollars instead of 762,000, because you would normally be paying $238,000 in 2021. But instead, you get to defer those taxes, invest the government's money. And so you're effectively earning interest in your opportunity zone investment via your million dollars, as opposed to the 762. If you get it in by uh, December 31st of 2021, you'll be eligible for a five-year hold. So if you've held your investment for five years, by the time that December 31st, 2026 deadline rolls around, you will get a 10% reduction in the capital gains taxes. So that's a savings of $23,800 right there. When you go to pay the taxes, effectively in April of 2017, you're gonna pay $214,000 instead of $238,000. And then after a 10-year hold at the QOF level, assuming that you sold this, right? Assuming that you sold your exit and you exited it at the 10-year mark, you're gonna net $1.7 million, right? $1.785 million, uh, as opposed to if you had just invested in this into a normal non-opportunity zone deal, Which, were after you pay taxes would be a 1.1 million dollar payout so the net benefit on that the ultimate benefit is 53.8 percent difference right and that's just going to increase if your deal is making more than a 2x return so this this deal that we've modeled right here assumes a 2x return so if you have a higher than 2x return hopefully you do You're going to even be juicing your investors more than that 53.8 percent differential. Go ahead, Jimmy. All right. So, part of what you need to be able to communicate to your investors, we talked about this, right? Making as it succinct and kind of visually stimulating as possible. You're going to need a dialed-in pro forma as part of your pitch deck. So, you're going to need these numbers to be factoring in the opportunity zone investment and be able to show what your investors are ultimately going to get. And it's kind of tough to, to actually model that on the backend benefit, because you're basically trying to prove a negative because they're not paying taxes. And so you don't really want to model it where you show them paying taxes because then they're going to get confused, but you can effectively talk them through that when you're having a conversation to say, this benefit to you in this case, it's a 5.5 profit multiplier with almost a 20% return that, know you're going to be taking that and putting in your pocket tax-free next slide Jimmy let's go back so another kind of crucial piece to to get to your investors crock brain right to get to that to get away from the no and into the yes is you want to put the information that they need to see into an executive summary that walks and talks and so it doesn't have to be exactly like this quite frankly you probably have a little bit too much information over in that highlight probably should even be taken down a little bit of that because you wanna show them how much you're raising, what they're gonna get, and what they're gonna get in return. So how much money they're gonna make on the backside of the deal. And you wanna show them what kind of deal they're doing, right? what your strategy is. And then you wanna show them the partners that you're partnering with in order to make this deal legit and to get them comfortable. Go ahead, Jimmy. So this is a typical fund structure org chart. So this is kind of the anatomy of an Oz deal, right? You got an eligible taxpayer, that taxpayer has to drop their money into a QOF. And then at the QOF level, you can do a deal at the QOF level, but if you do, you're a little bit more hamstrung. So you've got a 90% asset test twice a year. And so 90% of your assets have to be qualified opportunity zone property. and. You cannot have more than five percent non-qualified financial property. So what that means is, is if you're doing a deal at the QOF level, you need to make sure that you can spend the money that you got into the bank account every six months, right? So that that way you don't have too much cash sitting in there that's going to affect that ninety percent test. So in order to ameliorate that and, and to mitigate that and give you a lot more flexibility, what we recommend is doing a two-tiered structure where you have a QOF that drops its cash directly into a QOZB. And that could be either one QOZB or numerous QOZBs. And we typically would say, set up an individual QOZB for each individual deal or property that you're gonna do, so that way you bifurcate liability across those. It also makes it easier from a books and records standpoint to say, okay, this is what this deal did, this is what this deal did, and this is how the numbers ended up shaking out on that. So at the QOZB level, you've got a 70% asset test, right? And if you have a 31 month plan, your cash that you've taken in does not count towards that calculation. It's not going to count against you. It's also not going to count against you as non-qualified financial property. And so that's one of the reasons why we recommend that you have this two tiered program so that you can avail yourself of that 31, and or 62, there's a, it's a little bit complicated about what you have to do in order to get 62 months, but effectively, if, you, if your project's gonna take longer than 31 months, we'll set it up so that you have two tranches of equity that come in, and that'll get you that 62 month uh, window to be able to deploy your capital. You still have the 5% non-qualified financial property rule, so what you don't wanna do is have a drop-down entity underneath the QOZB that is like a partnership, right? Where you own a portion of that entity. Because if so, that's going to be considered non-qualified financial property. And so, instead, what you would want to do is have that be owned by a wholly owned, uh, you know, single-purpose and single-member LLC that's directly owned by the QOCB. And if that's the case, then you can have a drop-down entity underneath it. Let's go to the next slide. All right, so what has to happen in order to set up your QOF and your QOZB? So your articles and operating agreements gotta have the TCGA language, right? So you gotta have the restrictions in there that are going to say that you're investing into opportunity zones. Same thing with your QOZB, right? Uh, You're offering documentation, you need to have something that shows your flow of funds, both from the individual taxpayer into the QOF and then down into your QOZB. You need to have, especially if you have a uh, two-tiered structure, a 31-month or 62-month business plan for deploying capital, right? That's going to give you your working capital safe harbor. And then you're going to want a compliance resolution at both the QOF and the QOZB level that says that you're going to comply with all of the TCGA rules, and that's going to be the basis for how you build out your audit trail. What our compliance resolution does is it references a a checklist and a spreadsheet that calculates that out. And the interesting thing about this is if you're starting a QOZB, you don't actually have to do anything until you take money. Similarly with a QOF, you don't actually have to do anything or make any filings until you've actually taken in that first dollar of capital gains. Next slide, Jimmy. So it's kind of a similar process for somebody that wants to convert to a QOZB Right? It's an existing entity. So, this could be somebody that's got a business that's outside of a zone that wants to move into a zone. This could be a business that's located in a zone and you want to make yourself eligible for QOF funds. And so, the conversion process is fairly simple, right? Is that you need to have your assets, you need to have property in a zone, and that could just be a lease, right? If you are just a lease, like if you're in a, um, a co working facility, you're going to want to make sure that you have an asset in that co working facility. And, uh, and then you're gonna need to modify your governing docs to make them QOZB friendly. So amend your operating agreement, your bylaws, you will wanna do that compliance resolution, and then you're gonna need to do the twice annual asset testing. But once again, only once you've received qualified opportunity fund capital gains money. And then you need to, when you do get that money in, you're gonna want a 31 month plan for how you're gonna deploy that capital. Next slide, Jimmy. All right. So let's talk compliance requirements, what you actually have to do at the QoZP level. Yeah, so because you're not actually getting permission from the IRS on this, it's all about the audit trail, right? You're, you're going to have to prove this stuff down the road potentially. And so you wanna make sure you've got that audit trail tight and that you've got good documentation that shows where you've spent the money and shows how that money has been tied to a census track that is an opportunity zone. And you're gonna to want to Uh, create that compliance plan in conjunction with your business plan, right, that shows how you're going to deploy that cash, right? So you're going to need to do a twice annual test and report back up to your QOF on your good assets, right? Once again, with backup documentation showing how you came to that, right? Um, You're going to need to book your appropriate expenditures. So you're going to want a chart of accounts that dials in with this. And you're also going to want to show economic impact right so you're going to need to have some basis of being able to kind of demonstrate ultimately how many jobs you've created or if you're doing a real estate deal how many downstream jobs that's created because of the uh the contractors and independent contractors and all that kind of stuff that you've put to work um you know this basis value of the property right to conform to the 100 improvement so you're going to need to show how you came up with the value of the building on the front end Uh, And then how much money and and how you put that money into the building in order to get your substantial improvement test. And then we talked about the biannual calculations, right, the 70 or the 90 percent based upon where you are. All right, let's talk about capital raising. I saw one of the chats, like saying, who's got money? So that's I think probably one of the that's one of the main reasons why folks are on this call. And so when you are raising money for a qof you are offering a security it doesn't matter if it's a dollar or a hundred million dollars when you offer a security you have to comply with the securities laws otherwise you could go to jail our goal is to keep you out of jail that's all of our goals right not to do that so the best way to do that is by regulation d which is a blanket exemption from the 1933 securities act if you comply with all of the rules of reg d so the the rules that most people file under when they're doing an opportunity fund offering is either 506B or 506C. Now 506B has got some different variations that allow you to take more than 100 investors and unaccredited investors, but you can't advertise that offering. That's the crucial difference between 506B and 506C. So what 506C allows you to do You're capped at 100 investors, but it allows you to target investors to be able to do that. And we can talk through some strategies about if you if your minimum is more than what or is less than what it's going to do to have 100 investors. We can talk through strategies on that. Regardless of the rule that you file under, you have to comply with the anti-fraud provisions of the Securities Act, and the most efficient way to do that is through a private placement memorandum. So. And Jimmy, you can pop to the next slide on this. Uh, so, one of the things that, uh, that we identified as part of, right, the, as out of the strategy calls and out of the ongoing assistance that we've been doing with the folks that we're helping, is that folks need a, a, a solution for how they can get to capital and how they can streamline that process as much as possible so that that way, They've got a guide effectively navigating that, or a, a general contractor, if you will, that's helping them build that house. And so that's the whole point of this presentation today is to walk you through how we're trying to help you to do that. So as part of that, right? So as part of that uh, that process of performing an offering, you need to start with your and pitch deck, and I kind of alluded to what there's some of the essentials that need to be in that at the start of the presentation. Right, executive summary. Uh, what they're going to, what the returns are going to be, and you need like a base disclosure in that document that says that this is not the offering, and it's going to be followed up by a private placement memorandum. With that pro forma and pitch deck, and with that disclosure, you can utilize that to start targeting like friends and family and people that you know. And this allows you to kind of get a head start and get feedback on your offering to make sure that it's actually gonna fly, right? To make sure that your terms and your promote and that kind of thing are structured in a way that's gonna be conducive to people wanting to place money with you. So once you kind of have that and kind of contemporaneously as you're going through that, right? and you are then gonna be drafting your private placement memorandum and the subscription agreement that basically provides the mechanism by how your investors subscribe to your offering. So as you're doing that and in parallel with drafting that private placement memorandum, you're gonna to want to be actively putting together all your marketing materials and going to market with your deal, right? You're gonna be wanting to get this out in front of prospects, potential investors and that kind of thing so that you can get interest so that ultimately if they have interest, you can bounce them the PPM, the subscription agreement in order to coordinate their closing. Now, that's a whole nother conversation and not one that we have time for today but there is an art to coordinating that closing because it's a 506c offering there's a fair amount of certification that your investors are going to have to do that you're going to want to assist them with in order to make it as painless as possible once again it goes back into that kind of crock brain thing of where the crocodile brain to say hey we're going to help you with this so don't be scared of you know, this big burly PPM and the subscription agreement, we're gonna help you process through that. And that's part of what, you know, we're going to assist you in doing, is coming up with how you actually do that. So, uh, as Jeff is going to kind of, as Jeffrey is gonna talk to you about, your marketing materials, website and video are crucial to this process. It's crucial to getting the right information with a common theme and with a common approach out in the hands of your prospective investors. And I'm gonna let Jeffrey walk through that when he uh, he gets that done, because that process and all of that communication is part of your brand, right? It's part of what you're communicating to your investors. And that's gonna provide that uh, kind of seamless closing process to getting your investors in and their money into the fund. So, uh, you know, we also recommend that you look at uh, possibly using either a custodian or a fund administrator to provide a portal to your investors not only will you be able to utilize that to communicate with them but it also allows them to collect the money and the documentation as part of your closing process it gives your investors kind of that extra level of security and that extra level of comfort to say okay these guys are legit they're using somebody that i've heard of i know of these people I can, I can prove them out, right? And it's another way for you to be able to prove out your infrastructure because you partnered with somebody who knows what they do. So as part of our commitment to sophisticated simplification, once again, I'm gonna say that three times fast and Jimmy's gonna laugh. Uh, we are, we're continuing to hone our process and we've partnered up with the folks at Crowdcreate and I'm gonna let Jeffrey, walk through here and tell you all of the great things that they're doing, which we will run in a parallel path as we do this process and as we kind of go forward on this.
0: Yeah, thanks Ashley, that was great. Uh, Jeffrey, if you can uh, speak on on your process for about 20 to 25 minutes, that'll leave some time at the end here, that'd be great.
2: Sounds good. Thanks Jimmy, thanks Ashley. So I am Jeffrey, I'm one of the co-founders here at CrowdCreates, we are a marketing agency that specializes in helping companies raise funds. And so how did we do it? Marketing is always changing. What we first started out doing and even what you're gonna be doing the first month is going to be different than next month. Uh, As you know, currently we're in the lockdown uh, situation and even your marketing message and the way you reach out to people today differs from when, uh, you know, a year ago. And so really the goal of this webinar is to give you our blueprint and our framework that we've learned so that you can have an unfair advantage when you're You know, marketing against some of your competitors or other people in your niche, and really how to leverage uh, digital marketing. So, this is our track record, right? And why this is important is because we've operated in in multiple categories and industries, not just real estate, but blockchain, startups, you know, digital cameras, uh, hemp, gaming, various technology sites, and, you know, the potential with Opportunity Zone businesses is that, right, you can start a, a business that isn't just in real estate but also these different categories. And also why this is important is that we understand that there's certain macro trends and psychology for people that they need to get past before they invest in your deal. And while success, you know, looks like a straight line, uh, line, really, this is what it looks like for us and for any fund. And we're gonna give you, you know, a lot of the strategies so that you can save time, save a lot of money, do it quickly and affordably. So again, we focus in, uh, you know, different categories. We've worked with Shark Tank funded companies, uh, we've worked with technology backed startups, mobile home park funds, uh, you know family offices, and um, different just tech products that you'd find in your everyday household right whether a bootstrap company or a billion dollar brand uh, really you know you can apply a lot of these marketing strategies if you'd like to see some of our past projects they're available on our website again, we work with amazon's largest electronic seller they're called anchor uh, did their battery packs, digital cameras um, health and wellness companies, at the end of the day, you know our vision and mission here at the company is helping people launch successful companies um, and funds to raise the, the capital that they need to grow and, and sustain. So other case studies in depth, you can access them via the website. If I uh, you know, run through this really quickly, some of these concepts will be uh, you know, repeat for others and, and I'm gonna share some more advanced strategies. So this is our growth marketing formula. Okay, this works across all of these different categories, however you must formulate it to your target market. And we're gonna show you exactly how we do that. Number one is strategy. Planning and strategy is everything before you start creating any content and going out there. And so really what we do is, you know, we're gonna sit down with Jimmy, Ashley, and really craft, you know, what your goals are, what you should be doing to achieve them. And then from there, we're gonna start creating content, your website, your pitch deck, your videos, your blogs, thought leadership, going to conferences and whatnot. And all that in mind is to educate and have you as a thought leader in your industry and your niche is because investors need to trust you, right? And how do they trust you? It's by really showing up. It's by answering frequently asked questions. Um, You know, one of the fastest ways to grow that we've seen is through influencers is actually leveraging their existing followings and um, really piggybacking off of the trust that they've built up with their audience and really uh, collaborate together to work with them. Once you have all of this set up in terms of a base framework, then you wanna start reaching out to investors. And we've seen it far too often that people start pitching investors right out the bat without a proper pitch deck, without a proper website or marketing material, where truly your your conversions and um, access to capital isn't gonna be as successful if you just built this in the initial framework. Uh, from the beginning, and lastly, you know, search engine optimization make it very easy for potential investors to find you. So, in terms of building a marketing strategy, pay very close attention to your competitors. They're spending hundreds of thousands to millions of dollars on marketing. Um, I really want to use this, uh, you know, Opportunity Zone Fund, and it's very well done. His name is Ty Lopez, very famous internet marketer. Uh, you know, probably uh, you know he spends hundred million dollars plus on YouTube ads. You can find a link to his Opportunity Zone Fund that he created here. And in terms of what we do as a company, we create you the roadmap on what you should be doing first, almost timeframes and deliverables on when to do that and also to execute it and hold yourself accountable to grow and scale your business, right? Follow, uh, visit all of their websites, look at their pitch decks, watch all of their videos, subscribe to their email newsletters see what PR and influencers they're working with and also look at their um, SEO strategy. So with all this said, it's really to create what they call a marketing funnel. You know, at the top of the funnel is getting awareness, whether it's your friends, your families, or you being a speaker at a conference. And then they start, you know, getting interested in what you're doing. They're gonna look at your marketing materials, your pitch decks, they're gonna evaluate it. They're probably gonna have a next call with you. And then they're gonna really, you know, ask for the docs, the PPM and start signing over their investments. And uh, ultimately, you want to turn these investors at the end of it also into a referral source. Get testimonials from them. Share those testimonials. And really, that's how you create the momentum for marketing your brand. So as we said, we're a data-driven company. We've created hundreds of websites, looked at the analytics of thousands of websites. And this is what they call a heat map. And so basically, did you know that 75% of people really don't scroll further down than what you see on the initial above the fold? And so in terms of you having your Opportunity Zone fund, what you want to have in this top section is what you do, your biggest differentiator, and also a two to three minute short video explainer. Show some of your accolades and social proof. Maybe if you're featured in a Forbes publication, or maybe you've worked with, uh, or maybe you have a portfolio you know, of $100 million in assets or more. You know, explain why this is important to them. Ashley did a great job. Opportunity Zone funds are a great way to defer, reduce, and eliminate capital gains and a brief introduction to that, you know, uh, highlight your portfolio, um, some testimonials from other investors. And lastly, have a call to action, which is, you know, get on a call or request some of the uh, the fund documents. So we really call this the key elements and um, you know, the anatomy of a perfectly built opportunity zone uh, fund website. right? Uh, We follow a lot of digital marketing thought leaders, Neil Patel. This is from his blog. He's a great resource you know, great looking headlines, secondary headline, call to action, uh, testimonial. Uh, some of the best opportunity websites are, are going to be uh, below again, follow what the leaders are doing, know what works. If you are looking to do it quickly and affordably, at least get out your version one as soon as possible and follow these uh, frameworks and templates. So Jimmy runs uh, the opportunity DB. He has a listing of, you know, almost uh, a, a majority of opportunity zone fund websites that are out there. We at Crowdcreate went through almost 200 plus websites and these are the four best that we've seen. And you can see that they follow really that same format, right, origin investments over here is on the left, you know, very short, concise marketing message at the top, Um, you know, lifestyle pictures, showing the team, showing what makes them uh, different, their track record, Um, you know, in the middle here we have CIN, uh, you know, what they do differently, their track record, how much they've raised, their social impact, you know, Opportunity Zone funds are really, you know, intended to, to do good in the world. And we love that uh, about what CIM is doing and, and other operators. And you want to proudly show that, that, you know, it's not just making money, but it's really, you know, making a positive difference in these communities, um, leadership. Right here's Cressit and also Sordis. Sordis runs multiple real estate funds, and Opportunity Zone funds is just one of them. So whether Opportunity Zone funds you know are your main business or if it's just an ancillary part, uh, you want to showcase that and not take away from the overall marketing message. Again, portfolio is very important. Um, what we've noticed um, is that the second most traffic page on your website is actually your team page. So before people even want to take a meeting with you, they are going to Google you. They're going to look up your team and you want to be on the other side of that search bar to have good marketing material and collateral so that they can start trusting you. They can know that you are going to be a good steward of their capital. And so, you know, we've gone through a lot of the Google analytics uh, um, behind that in terms of creative branding, right? You want to establish that from the beginning exactly what your messaging is, what your vision is, show a picture of the team, right? Create a video, show your track record, Uh, what makes you different, make it very easy for them to uh, get this information. You know, if you send them over a four or 10 page PDF, you typically on that initial impression, keep it short and concise as possible. Now, Ashley, you know, does a great job in terms of creating that pitch deck. This is a brand guidelines deck that we've created. And really your goal is to get this out as quickly as possible to start raising capital. And when you are working with influencers, right? You want to make sure that your vision is clearly stated some of the look and feel so that when they amplify your marketing message, you know, things are, you know, exactly how you wanted it uh, from the start and, and things don't kind of get lost in uh, trans, uh, translation. So keep your branding consistent and uh, a brand guidelines deck and pitch deck will do that. Um, when you become a thought leader, right? You know, that's our goal. Take an education first approach that draws investors in rather than pitching them. So what does that mean? You know, it's creating a list of um, uh, you know article pieces and uh, thought leadership, answer questions, be of value to other people, and what you do in person, um, you know, also scale it digitally. You know, we're at a time now where conferences are being um, you know canceled, but really one of our favorite ways to get exposure is actually to speak at conferences, and you can see some of the panelists here. Um, And why do you want to speak at conferences? is because you want to be at the front of the room and you want to be known as a thought leader. I actually saw Josh Childress in this chat here. Phenomenal guy. He's actually a former NBA player and great resource. He does a really good job of talking to other people. You have Lance Bass here uh, at InSync, right, another thought leader, um, uh, former NFL uh, star here. And you can see just Uh, The goal is to uh, attend these conferences, speak as much as possible, provide as much value, and you'll notice that people are gonna wanna talk to you after and really, you know, love uh, the content that you're creating for them. So again, we've attended, you know, hundreds of conferences around the world, and we always take picture with really who the thought leaders are. This is the co-founder of Wikipedia. Uh, This is the head of uh, JP Morgan's blockchain initiative, Uh, Tim Draper, very famous blockchain. investor and enthusiast. And again, these are just other influencers and social proof is everything and a picture is worth a thousand words. Um, these are a list of different conferences that you can attend in your industry, whether you're doing real estate, or startups, technology, blockchain, uh, cannabis, and everything in between. Really attend these conferences because they are where the thought leaders, investors, and experts go. And um, they did a, a lot of the heavy lifting and the work in terms of getting those people in the room. Now it's your job to connect and network with them. So again, these are the movers and the shakers, get connected with these influential people because they can also open up their social circle in terms of influence um, with uh, people that you want to get connected to and who are your ideal investors. Uh, so this is exactly how we do it. We create what's called the uh, outreach master list. So first name, last name, email address, you know their website, the name of their podcast. You know Even before this, we mentioned that. Uh, that Jimmy was actually on this list, because he's a thought leader. He creates a lot of good content and just people are naturally drawn to what he does. And then from here, you know, we get to know them. And then we have video calls with each of these thought leaders and these influencers. You know, this is my co-founder Ivan here, who's actually doing an interview in Chinese, because there's a lot of different uh, demographics and ethnicities that you want to tap into for capital and don't just limit it, you know, just to your specific states or or a certain um, region. And so uh, how we do that, the first email is an introduction, second email is an offer to create content together, know your metrics and conversion rates before you start doing paid sponsorships. um, And we use a tool called Listen Notes to find the the top thought leaders and podcasters that are out there. So when you do become a thought leader, this is one of our clients, um, Plorus. I actually wanna play just a couple seconds of the video and show you exactly how we created this. So it's a two and a half minute uh, sizzle reel video. And so you can see that we actually attended different conferences um, uh, with his name's Rob Flores. So this two and a half minute video is going to save you hours of just constantly repeating yourself in terms of what you do, what makes you different, um, right? Answer these questions. This is actually a 25 point framework that we do. We sit down with you to create content, right? We tell you, you know, what it is that you should be wearing that fits your lifestyle and really vision. We have these short questions that you should answer. We have these long questions that you should answer. Some topics that you should answer in terms of search engine optimization. And uh, we sit down with you and it doesn't, uh, in terms of creating content, we know that everybody's busy, but you can create all of this content in a single day in terms of that sit down. Um, here's some behind the scenes. We still are creating content and come with N95 masks, you know, practice safe social distancing. You can see here the Google Drive where. We attended the Benzinga conference with him. We visited all the property tours with him. We took pictures with the CNBC host, uh, Tim Seymour here. And um, that's exactly how we do it in terms of creating video content. Now, so when you take all this video content, take an education first approach, Origin Investments does this really well. They talk about topics that investors want to know. What is annualized IRR? What's cash on cash return? You know, talking about asset management fee, talking about REITs versus S&P 500, showing us a tour of the properties that you currently manage. And you can see that, I know everyone's busy, but you could get this all done in a single day in terms of the uh, in-office segments. And um, we sit down with you for just six six hours and ask you all those questions. And you have a lot of content uh, for your audience. Again, this goes back to that sales and marketing funnel where, you know, you want to get discovered. You want to have people, when they are in this evaluation stage, you know, they're going to look at what you've done. They want to make sure that they can trust you and um, kind of, you know, go from there. So lastly, it's, it's really, now's the time to reach out to investors, create a list of your ideal investors, research their LinkedIn, attend conferences, join groups. You know, we recommend the best places in person. And uh, despite right now, a lot of these conferences aren't going on, you can do things virtually still and it is a numbers game. You're gonna be talking to hundreds of people and just to get you know, a couple to close. Um, we have a lot of good resources on our website on how to pitch investors and ultimately you know, get in front of them. Um, so some of the tips we have for reaching out to investors, obviously number one is stay legally compliant and uh, that's why you work with people like Ashley and uh, in terms of our clients, they always have legal teams on board just to make sure that the marketing message that you create, right, it's not outright solicitation. And, um, what we always, uh, you know, focus on is to stay, uh, value driven and to offer them something that they are interested, you know, don't try and close a, a deal in this first initial, uh, email, you know, focus more on getting the next meeting, you know, focus on the pain points, improving the techniques, what makes you unique, keep it short and concise. This is what we call the, uh, our, our perfect investor pitch email. The first one, if you're just reaching out to, you know, um, People in your close circle—it's just the land. a first meeting, you know, usually the first line is always a unique acknowledgement. So you're not just blasting people out there without understanding what they're interested in investing. And the second one is a little more drawn out. Really, a lot of the deal flow investors, you know, brokers um, know a lot of them, and uh, they like to have things short and concise. What's your IRR? You know, what region you're targeting, and whatnot. Um, and lastly, it's, uh, it's SEO making it very easy to be found. Um, what we use is these uh, very advanced SEO tools. Uh, this one's called Ahrefs. You can spy on your competition. You can see what they're already ranking for. You can see where they're getting their traffic. I pulled a report here so all of you can see some of the top keywords that people are searching uh, when it comes to opportunity zone investments. You know, Opportunity zone investments in Illinois, uh, California, learning about depreciation, learning about what's eligible, learning about what are the best funds that are out there. this is a way to make it easy. And we actually know some capital raisers and they said the vast majority of their investors come in through organic Google search. They are deploying millions of dollars by just typing in best opportunities on investments. They find your company and we really want you to be on the other side of that search bar so you can leverage that. So this is what we do as a marketing agency, We have the experience, we have the track record. That's really what makes us different is that we specialize in helping companies raise money. We have the network already of influencers, um, different PR writers, right? In terms of our own unique SEO ranking formula, there's a lot that I didn't share that we'd love to discuss with you on a call uh, after this. And we also have a database of other investors. We know what they want and what they're looking for. And um, in terms of specifics, right, we have a short five-day onboarding so you can get, uh, you know, raising capital as quickly as possible, uh, weekly reporting and one-hour meetings. This is our leadership team. This is my co-founder and also my other colleague here, Will Walker, who, who does our business development. And alongside Jimmy and Ashley, uh, we'd love to chat with you after. There's a link to all of the campaigns that we've done. And uh, this is our website. So thanks for having me on.
0: That's great, there. Thanks, Jeffrey. That was uh, that was a lot of really great feedback that that you gave there. I wanted to uh, just take a minute to acknowledge everybody and thank everybody for attending the webinar today. We've got a few minutes left for questions. One of the first questions, maybe the simplest one that I that I found in the Q and A section, is what's a typical OZ deal size? Uh, Ashley, maybe I'll throw that one to you. What, what are your thoughts on that? I
1: mean, they're all across the board, and I mean, I think the, the key is is looking at you know, all right, does the amount that I'm going to save in taxes of having to jump through all these hoops justify, you know, how much I'm going to spend for that? And so typically you want, I mean, if you really think about it, if you're going to make more than $150,000 of gain, then you're probably going to save enough in taxes to offset the expenses of doing this. So, you know, and then it just goes up from there.
0: Yeah. So we, we see, we see sizes. Can, what, what, what's a range typically that we might see?
1: You know, I think that there's a lot of deals that are probably percolating right in that single asset type deal. And so they're anywhere between like a million to 5 million is typically, you know, the that's like on that single deal. If you get more than 5 million, you're typically doing kind of a, a multi asset fund. And, um, you know, so the, the deals that we're seeing are probably anywhere from two to 7 million bucks.
0: All right. Let's, let's, that's on a, that's
1: yeah. on a QOF that's raising money.
0: Right, 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 right. right. Uh, you have a lot of QOFs that are self-funded as well, though, and those come in uh, much lower deal sizes potentially, right?
1: Yeah. So, I mean, we set one up for somebody that had 60000 in capital gain because they're anticipating that they're going to be able to grow that substantially. And that's one of the relevant points, right, is that if you have your QOF set up, inside of your qof and qozb structure you can 1031 and grow that thing substantially Uh, so there's lots of things that you can do so that you can ultimately build this big you know uh, juggernaut that's going to come out tax-free at the end of 10 years
0: yeah that's great uh we had a couple of comments on uh impact investing a lot of investors family offices in particular are are looking to place impact investments and you know potentially it would be very powerful to highlight some of the impact social impact uh qualities that opportunities Zone investing brings to your investors when you're putting together your your pitch deck and your other marketing materials i thought that was a great suggestion we got from from one or two of the attendees ashley or or, or jeffrey have you do you have anything to, to add to that in terms of impact
2: investing and, and what you've seen in the marketplace yeah, one of the uh, fun highlights—they're they're called uh, Rabaz Capital—and so they are co-owners of the Sacramento Kings basketball team. And they really built out that Sacramento downtown corridor. And the impact investing is that they brought in so many jobs to that city. And right, opportunity zones don't necessarily make a bad deal good, but it makes a good deal great. And so, in terms of you know impact investing, there's still a lot of capital flowing to some of these projects and some of these people that have the track record towards taking you know, some of these communities and doing a great job to revitalizing them. Um, there, there's, there's quite a bit. And um, yeah, that was one of the, the highlights in it.
0: Good, good. Um, Ashley, do you have anything else to add there on the impact investing front? What, maybe what you've seen from, from some of our uh, clients?
1: Yeah, I think that, um, you know, the, the more that you can highlight it, the better off. I mean, I think that one of the other things that we're talking through, and I'm more talking through, is how you actually measure it. And so plugging people in with some folks that actually have some programs to be able to do that to where you can actually qualify it, quantify it. And, um, and, and we've got some great resources for that, which has been really cool to see.
0: Good, good, good to know. Thanks for answering that one, Ashley. We're gonna wrap it up here. Again, Jeffrey, thank you for uh, attending with us today and, and presenting. Ashley, thanks as always for presenting. And uh, thanks for all the attendees out there as well. And we'll be in touch. Thank you so much.
1: Thanks everybody. Thanks, everyone.
0: That's it for our show today. A huge thank you to you, our listener. If you liked this episode, please rate and review us on iTunes. The Opportunity Zones podcast is produced by the Opportunity Database. Visit OpportunityDB.com to learn more about Opportunity Zones and Opportunity Zone Fund Investing. You can learn how to subscribe to this podcast and read more about today's guest in the show notes by visiting opportunitydb.com slash podcast.
2: And we'll be back soon with another episode.